Hello, you spicy little chips, and welcome to episode 89 of Hungry in Kentucky. I'm Sarah from Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats, and today I'm joined in Fort Lewis Studios, not by Renee, but Carrie's here. Hello. What's up? Yeah, that's that's the only way you could record this. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. It would be hard to record if it was just me and Renee. So. I mean, I guess you technically could record on your phone. Yeah, we could do. You could we do could that. figure it out. Yeah, you could but figure it out. We wouldn't have this fancy equipment. No. But um, Renee will be back next week. So. Yes. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Uh, her hubs came home from from his uh, tour of duty in Djibouti. <laughs> duty in Djibouti. <laughs> Did he get her anything from the duty free store in Djibouti? <laughs> the Djibouti free store. The Djibouti free store. I like that. Oh, that's a good right off the bat. That's a good title. <laughs> yeah. J- Djibouti free. I like that Djibouti free store. I do. Um. So she'll uh, be back with us next time. But yeah, what's what's been what's been happening? And oh. I know I said happening. Happening on purpose. Yeah, we did. We did a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we visited Danielle's uh, new, newly opened establishment in Fayette Mall. Mm-hmm. Her new inebriated baker. Uh, it's not a kiosk; it's an mm-hmm. actual storefront. Uh, it's 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 weird. I actually pictured it to be deeper than it was. I was kind of like taken aback. I was like, "Oh, here it is!" But it's really cool, and the sign is really big, and there's no way that you're gonna miss it. Yes. Yeah. There's absolutely no way that you're gonna miss it. Oh, yeah, I have that written down exactly where it is. It is. Um, well, I had it written down. Okay. If you go into the mall. By the P.F. Chang's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's between the lids and coach yes. on the left. <laughs> and and Hot Topic is across the street. <laughs> yes. And there's a jewelry store directly across K from Jewelers. It. Yes. Yes. Because um, every kiss begins with K or so I hear. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. Um, she had her new manager there. He was really nice. Um, very knowledgeable. Very happy to work there. Um, we obviously love Danielle. So... If you, you're not familiar with her somehow and you listen to the show, then you're not listening closely enough. Yeah. Uh, so, check her out, Inebriated Baker. Absolutely. And uh, you know, it sucked she wasn't there. Unfortunately, we missed we her. We barely missed we her. We barely yeah. missed her, apparently. Um, which, yeah, that kind of sucked. I really, I, I did want to see her because I, I know she, she would have been excited to kind of, I guess, show us around, although you pretty much see everything. <laughs> yeah. But she, they have a couple of ovens, small ovens and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they had about, what, they have six flavors? flavors i think Mm -hmm. uh and then they had a list of her uh beer cheeses or cheeses that that she makes that you could buy beer and bourbon yes we didn't we didn't try any of those but give you a free sample of whatever you want Mm -hmm. i tried the mint julep and you tried the old-fashioned yeah I think we both ended up walking away with old fashioned. We did, yeah, yeah we did, good. yeah. And uh, the mint julep one was good. It tasted like a mint julep, and uh, there there seemed to be like you know we were kind of standing there and we we were waiting on her to come back, and and then we just we kind of gave up because we had to go. But mm-hmm. um, you know, as we were standing there, there was a lot of people that were checking checking it out. Yeah, it was kind of busy, for sure. Um, and good for her; she's built up. A unique product that I think people are really into. So. Yeah, for sure. Like, people were definitely interested in getting samples, and I think people were buying, too, Yeah. Um, when we were standing there. it. But I, I, well, I think the thing that I found the most fascinating was on a Sunday afternoon, how many people were actually at the mall? It was pretty packed. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's still, even though, like, us city folk now, you know... We're like the mall. Who would go to the mall? But when I was growing up, that was that was the thing to do. You know, you spend your whole Saturday rolling up to Lexington. It takes you an hour or two to get here. And you eat at the Olive Garden. And you shop at the mall. And you come on home. So, yeah. I'd say it's a lot of that. But, yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of stores there, too. There were a lot of stores. And, and I tell you, she, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this, about her choosing that mall location. And I think she actually did really well, and she obviously did her research, and, and there are people that are still going there. In the parking lot, was there was a lot of cars in the parking lot. So, you know, I hope she does really well in that location, mm-hmm. and definitely, you know, go go check her out yeah. if you're anywhere near or around Nicholasville Road in Fayette Mall. Yes, very accessible over there, for sure. And... I mean, they've been paving the roads, so it's not like super yeah. accessible. But I feel like it's almost, and we're we're through that. Yes, almost, through that almost. Thankfully. So we also, in addition to that, 
um, we kind of killed two birds with one stone going over there because we were looking for someplace after GBS. We thought we said, oh, you know, let's let's go somewhere that that we kind of either haven't been in a long time or haven't been at all. And I kind of thought, oh, well, let's let's go over there and find somewhere to eat, and then we'll we'll hit the hover at Danielle's place. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up going to Agave and Rye. And I mean, I've been there before, but it's been forever. Yeah, same. Like it's been a long time since I've been over there. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I always love agave and rye. I haven't been in a while. Probably not. It's probably I've probably been there more than you have, but it's really close, and it's a twenty minute DoorDash. So uh, it was good. Um, they have some new tacos on the menu since the last time I was there. So I had the Happy Meal, which was that like looked a, interesting. Yeah, you know their version of a Big Mac, but um, it was pretty good. It had comeback sauce on it, which I guess is supposed to be. Big Mac sauce, but it's just Thousand Island dressing, which I like. <laughs> I'm into or French. It was more like a French dressing. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't creamy. It was just that, like diced up pickles on it too, didn't it? Yeah, the diced up sweet pickles, which I really like, and it had cheese, and it was seasoned ground beef, and then what else did it have? I don't um, know. It had so much stuff on it. It was huge. I was making the world's biggest mess. Um, it had. Beef, it was a beef taco with salt and pepper fries, sweet pickles, comeback sauce, ketchup, aged white cheddar, and a queso cushion. Okay. Yeah, so that's where they put queso in between the hard and soft shell tacos, gotcha. which, you know, all the tacos there come double shelled, and um, Carrie has a pro tip for yes. the double shell taco. Hinky pro tip for the double shell tacos. So, you know, they do overfill the tacos there, yes. especially if you get them hard shell. Uh, and I, I just, I got the plain Janes, which Those I just, I really love a good plain old ground beef American kind of taco with the cheese and the lettuce and the tomatoes, right? And uh, yeah, so there's enough toppings in there that that spill out and fall out, and if you can contain them on the plate, um, you know that you could you can get another taco out of the soft taco that they wrap around the hard shell taco. You don't have to eat it hard shell and soft shell together. You can get another taco. That is a good point. I never thought about that. I just figured there had to be two shells because there's so much like food inside of the shells, um, which I'm not complaining about. I mean, they're not like dollar tacos. Like they're uh, a substantial taco that comes with a substantial price, depending on what you get. Yes. And some of them are in the double digits, depending on like if you get the kangaroo one or like a really fancy. They have like super fancy ones that are kind of exotic. Um. But yeah, I appreciate that they come uh, filled to the brim like that. But it's a good tip. It is because yeah. I actually ended up. I ordered two, but ate four <laughs> because I I uh, deconstructed. I took the soft shell and then I just poured some toppings into the soft shell. Yeah, because I also got the rooster, which is the one I always get. But it's mac and cheese with a Nashville hot chicken tender and the diced sweet pickles on top, which I love. But like three quarters of the taco. More than that, probably, actually, is mac and cheese. And then they just set the chicken tender ever so slightly on top of a bed of mac and cheese and then sprinkle some pickles on it. Which is fine, but you could have, like, just a whole taco that's only mac and cheese if you wanted. Yeah, so yeah. It's out there. So, you, you know, you could kind of deconstruct and make your own a little bit. And I, I, that's what I discovered. I thought, oh, wow, I can get two more tacos out of this. So, yes, hinky pro tip if you're going to agave and rye. Yes. Order one taco, but actually get two. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nobody very... tell agave and rye that. <laughs> yes, don't uh, don't let them listen to this episode. I know they listen to every episode. They're our biggest fans. Um, but, yeah, that was a lot of good Fayette Mall um, visitations. And talkings and whatnot. I couldn't even tell you the last time I've been in Fayette Mall. Really? And I'm for real. Um, I don't want to say I go there all the time, but um, I frequent the Dick Sporting Goods. It's not really in the mall. It's like an anchor. It's mall adjacent. Yeah. It's connected to the mall, but it's not... I don't have to go through the mall to get to it. But um, So that's one that I frequent. I go to the Chipotle over there quite a bit um also on the outside of the mall not technically in it again i don't frequently walk inside and around but there are some good stores in there um there's also um lots of good restaurants around there um some of them probably have food related or fall related type foods yeah it's, it's i yeah. mean it's still popping over there it's yeah. you know for, for real 
Yeah. But you went to uh you went to Baron Butcher on Saturday before the game and said they have a new menu. Yes, they do. Um yeah, that's my like pregame ritual. Most people tailgate. I go to Baron the Butcher. Um which we we do a little light tailgating after Baron the Butcher. Like we pop open the trunk and drink some beers and some tequila and bourbon and then we walk over there. You know, buzzed enough cuz can't get buzzed at the stadium, but whatever, that's not here nor there. But park the car, walk to Baron Butcher, have some drinks, eat some food, walk it off. You know, it's a good afternoon. Um, but yeah, I guess, I, I don't think they change their menu every month, but this one was changed drastically, I would say. They have like a new grilled cheese sandwich that they had on the menu the last time we were there, but it had something different on it, like... Last month it was smoked turkey and then it had pesto and sun-dried tomatoes and stuff like that on it. This time it didn't have any meat, but it had all these different cheeses and all this different... I don't remember exactly what was on it, but um, they have monthly taco specials. So I got the October tacos and they were chicken with rice and um, broccoli casserole and the crispy onions. They were good. Um, they like always have these like really eclectic tacos as their like monthly special before they've had turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce and stuff like that. Um, they had some different sandwiches. They have a Reuben that's kind of new. That's pretty good. They have new drinks on the menu. They had all kinds of new stuff. So, uh, if that's somewhere you like to go, definitely check it out because the menu has changed quite a bit or if you've never been there, I talk about it all the time. I love it. It's great. You know, another place we went that I just now thought about was Charlie Brown's. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. Because we went, because that was a Bourbon Nevada Opinions recording Sunday, which would not be a Tuesday for Hinky. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we went to Charlie Brown's. Um, It was about like I remembered it. (laughs) Yes, upon (laughs) Carrie's request, she hadn't been there in years. I've been there earlier this year but before then i couldn't tell you the last time I because john john refuses to go there he he does Why? well he says it's too dark he can't dark. he can't see what he's eating and you know no, that's not true. he's not a fan of those uh the couches um <laughs> that's yeah fair. he's he's not a fan of those yeah let's just say that and i'm sure they're perfectly fine but you know he gets stuff in his head sometimes but yeah he's never liked it because it's, it's dark and it is dark in there it's legitimately dark yeah it's it's kind of the definition of a dive bar it oh it totally is they serve stuff on paper plates but i'll tell you what i got their jerk chicken appetizer which was basically and i got a side of fries with it because it's basically just like two whole chicken breasts cut up with jerk seasoning and then i got a side of fries and it was a lot of food mm-hmm. yeah i had the reuben on their fries and they had really good fries and their reuben was pretty awesome and we sat at the bar which i haven't sat at the bar there and i don't know if i ever have honestly it's usually a, a couch sitting occasion but the only thing that was missing was the white Russians. We didn't have the white Russians. So eclect- next time. There's some eclectic people sitting at the bar. <laughs> you know, some eclectic regulars. Yes. On a Sunday afternoon at like four, four like what, three o'clock sitting yeah, at the bar. Yeah, something like that. But you know, they had football on, so we all yeah, they did. It was, it was, the bartender yeah. was real nice. Yeah, everybody was cool. That was good. It was cool. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so we've uh, really hit the the restaurant spots at this week, I feel like. Yeah. The past couple of weeks. For sure. Yeah. Um, Well, we got a lot of other um, good stuff to talk about today. But first, if you work in the restaurant industry or you have a food blog or anything related to food, let us know because we'd love to have you on the podcast. You can slide into our DMs on Twitter and Instagram at HungryAndKY or you can send us an email where HungryAndKY at gmail.com. Then you can, if you don't want to come here for some reason because you don't want to be near humans or you don't like us really and you're just trying to be nice, um we could do skype calls you can skype you in and do it that way it was just not zoom and it used to be because i'm vain but now we found out you just really you just can doesn't work i just i gave up get it out of here yep we don't want it and we're not gonna have it so yeah take that take that right there and shove it zoom i can't think of anything else to say about there's zoom. no there's no good transition there's never a good transition out of that there really Just isn't suck it yeah yeah eat it i like eat it better because this is a food a food-based yeah. podcast so eat it yeah eat it just eat it 
I'm not going to sing because no one needs to be subjected <laughs> to that. But um, this feels like a good segue into um, America's favorite segment, um, Renee's Report. Filling in for this episode for Renee, Sarah. Thank you, Carrie. Um, I got a couple of um, events to pass along that I feel like um, Renee would like for us to pass along. Um, she does such a good job with other events anyway. I don't know if I can live up to the hype, but we're going to try. So the first one um, is at Pivot Brewing. Um, plant-based junk food is going to be there on 1019 from 4 to 8 p.m. I think that's sometime next week. When we're recording this, I don't know what day it is. Well, and I was, what'd you say, what day? The 19th. That is, um, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> next uh, Wednesday? Yes. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. It's next Wednesday. And I would actually suggest, if, you, if you're if you interested in this, this particular free truck, to get down there early, and I'm not even kidding, because mm-hmm. I've heard that people like follow this free truck around. I've heard lines are ridiculous. Like People apparently love this food truck. I mean, I've heard of it, and I've never been, but I'm kind of eager like, and interested to go because it sounds good. So, um, this is from there site so go check out some vegan comfort foods they'll be serving all kinds of goodies including their famous crispy chicken sandwich just chick with an apostrophe in because it's vegan get it <laughs> and they have loaded fries they cook all their food in oil containing soy and all their items are nut free and um gluten-free folks Oh, you can have the loaded fries, but you cannot have the patties, whatever kind of patties they're making. So just FYI. I can get down with the nut-free stuff. Yeah. You know, because again, like we've we've talked about a bazillion times on here, you mm-hmm. and I both have, you know, allergies to nuts and certain things like that. And uh, especially with that vegan vegetarian stuff, I just got to be careful with, especially yeah, when, you're, when, you're, use... when you're getting into stuff, binders and things like that. I got yeah. I got to be real careful with yeah, that. Yeah, they use a lot of almond and yep. cashews mm-hmm. and stuff for the binders. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, but something if, to watch out but for. But if they could sure. guarantee nut-free. That's what it said yeah. on the event page. So. Okay. Uh, not soy-free, but nut-free. So, if you got a soy thing, which I know some people do, um, maybe steer clear of that. But, hey, if you don't have any allergies and you're blessed, hashtag blessed, <laughs> wow, way to brag, first of all. You don't have any food allergies. Um, go check it out. So, it sounds pretty cool. Um, and again, I've I feel like that I've heard that this is a really popular one. So, and they're not around here a whole ton. Mm-hmm. Um, they do tend they make their appearances at Pivot, I think. So, yeah, yeah if if, if this is something you've been interested in trying, definitely get out there because, like mm-hmm. I said, they they tend to be super popular. Yeah, um, our friend Desiree really likes them too. I'm pretty sure, and uh, I feel like they were at <laughs> Veg Fest. Which is in Louisville, which is a vegan and vegetarian festival that um, she goes to every year. And then we have to make a the obvious joke. No, it's not the other word fest. Oh. Yeah, switch out a letter there. You guys can use your imagination. But um, So yeah, they're around. I've always heard good things about them. So if you have an interest in vegan food or you want, you're wanting to try it, definitely check it out. I mean, I've tried vegan food at places before. It's not bad. It's pretty good. No, I don't. I mean, I got no. I got yeah, no. As a as a carnivore, I mean, I like it. I got so. no beef with vegan food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, oh, we definitely love our meats here, but I can get down with vegan food too. I it's try fun. it. I, I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other one I've got. Oh, I got three. Hold on. The second one I've got here is Brews and Bites Oktoberfest at Gray Line Station, and that's on October twenty second from noon to five. This is their first annual food and beer festival. It's happening in their west parking lot, which I assume is the big parking lot. I don't I don't know. I don't know directions. <laughs> um, but there's going to be 20 plus breweries from all around the state. Uh, here's a few. Goodwood, A Better, Dreaming Creek, Mile Wide, Gravely, most of the Lexington breweries, Void Sake, and several other breweries. And you can also enjoy food. From 10 plus vendors that operate out of the Gray Line Station. Uh, tickets range from $10 to $65. Uh, if you get that $65 ticket, that's a VIP one that gets you in at noon. And then the others are general admission that starts at 1 p.m. Excuse me. And then check out um, 
graylinestation.com slash brew dash bites for more info and to get tickets. And the 22nd is UK's bye week, so no excuse. That's right. I think that's also, um, it's not on my list, but Scarefest weekend. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, 21st all, through the 23rd. It's also EKU's homecoming, if you're interested in that. And it's also <laughs> um, the Thriller Parade in downtown Lexington. It's oh, the wow. same night. A lot of stuff going um, on that night. Yeah, so the festivities start at 4 p.m. Uh, they have a variety show from 5.30 to 6.30 at the Robert F. Stevens Courthouse Plaza. And then uh, Halloween Parade at 7 and the Thriller Parade at 7.30. So. Well, and just to get a plug-in for, for EKU's Homecoming, if you haven't heard or if you're interested, uh, if you've been around this long or were in Richmond or in Lexington during the, this period of time, the Family Dog, which was a, a bar in Richmond, and it has been closed for like 20 years, I think. The building's well. still there. The, the sign is still painted like on the side of the wall, but it was, I guess, a big deal bar uh, for EKU students like the 70s, 80s, 90s. That does sound familiar to my like, dad and aunts. And yeah, about. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, big deal, you know, bands, live music. That was the whole bar. That was the bar scene in, in Richmond, right? But it's been closed for like 20 some odd years. Well, they're having a big street festival party thing on Friday the 21st. Oh, cool. And they're actually going, they have gotten clearance. The building is safe, but they are they are opening the family dog so you can go in the building. They're going to do tours. Oh, wow. So if you have any kind of nostalgia or memories or are just interested in abandoned places, I guess, <laughs> um, at this point, uh, go check it out because I think it, it's free. It's free. You don't. You don't have to have a ticket or anything like that. You just uh, show up down there, uh, downtown, and uh, it'll be there. Sounds cool. You gonna go? Probably not. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> I mean, it's not your alma mater though, so I don't know why you'd go to homecoming. I, it's not. Well, I mean, because you know of of the area that I work in. You know, we're we're kind mm-hmm. of a support for for alumni. Uh, um, but you know, at the same time, once once I'm out of Richmond, I'm out of Richmond. So that's fair. I don't blame you. You don't want to have to drive back down there. Um, so, yeah. Those are um, some events that are coming up in the next couple of weeks that you can check out. And, uh, you know, if anybody goes to any of these, uh, let us know on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Because I'm curious, especially about that uh, beer festival. Yeah. I'm actually really uh, interested in the family dog, too. And I'm sure that EKU, the alumni... Um, you can check that, their page out on Facebook. I'm sure they're going to have all a ton of pictures and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But people seem to have been really excited about it. Cool. Well, if we're talking about homecomings, the UK homecoming is um, the weekend of the 15th, which I could care less about. Is, is, this, is this weekend? Yep. Is it really? <laughs> yep. See, two alumnus right here. Don't even... This one didn't even know. <laughs> Three-time degree holder, baby. <laughs> John's got two. We had five in this house, and then Sarah makes uh, mm-hmm. six. <laughs> yep. Never been to homecoming activities except for the football game. I'm no, really into it. We played. We, I've done the parade before because of band. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, we always played... There's always a... A song or theme or I don't even I can't even tell you what the theme was this year. To be honest know. with you, I just got an email about it last week, um, saying that it was this coming weekend for Mississippi State. I feel like it's always Mississippi State. See, Mississippi State's usually closer to Halloween. Mississippi State's always in October, mm-hmm. but it's usually it's it's always been on that Halloween weekend. So um, I feel like Tennessee's on the Halloween. Nah, yeah, oh, it doesn't matter. There, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but the, bo- the bottom line is I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, if you want to participate in your actual homecoming, you can do that this weekend. Right. And we always had to play UK's alma mater. <laughs> and there are, wor- there are words to this thing, right? But we always used to just sing alma mater, alma mater, alma mater, alma mater. I didn't know there was a song. Oh, yeah. An alma mater song. There is. Is it the same for every university? No, <laughs> no, no, always no. Just go all the, all no, the- no. We just, we just, we didn't know the words, so we would just sing alma mater to the melody. Hmm. We just say the words alma mater again. Something I didn't know that we had an alma mater song. We only had to play it once a year. Oh, interesting. I did see, and I forgot to bring this up a couple of weeks ago, but um, alumni band joining the marching band was a yeah a sight to see. 
But have I told my alumni band story on this here this here podcast? I don't think so. Well, I didn't figure that you guys would be involved in it, but we we have been in the past. Like like um, this has been years and years and years and years and years ago. Uh, I've only done one marching band stint for alumni band, and then I think like two or three pet band for basketball. Uh-huh. And uh, so here, here I think I've told this story on GBS, but God knows what episode, God knows when that was. <laughs> so I'll just tell it on this podcast. Why not? So we're standing down there waiting to uh, to to go onto the field or whatever, and uh, there's UK footballs laying on the field. And John shoves one at me and says, here, here, stick this up your shirt, stick this up your shirt. <laughs> so I stuck it up my shirt and marched around with it and then walked right out of the tunnel. And if you visit Fort Lewis, you can go into the TV <laughs> room and see it sitting on the mantle. How did it not fall out of your shirt while you were marching? I just held it in. You were just like play your trombone it was no i I take that back i think it was when (laughs) when we came off the field we were standing there actually that's i I take that back um because i i have i had seen in the past like in when we were physically in marching band there's a couple of sousaphone players that took some tennessee girls cheerleaders pom-poms and Mm -hmm. stuffed them into their uh their sousaphones yeah yeah but no i take that back it was when we came off the field he's like here 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 so it's because it was by like the kickers uh, the punter in the place kickers area. Mm-hmm. He's like, here, here, take this, take this, and just walked right past security. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't care. How many games they or balls they use for a football game? Yeah, so, so many. So if you would like to visit <laughs> visit that football, that's been come be on the show. God, that's been years. That's probably twenty years ago. Well, um, yeah, I was just going to be impressed that you could play a trombone and keep a football up your yeah, shirt. Yeah, I, I, I lied. I take that back. <laughs> it was after. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you just have to embellish stories. It's yeah. hard. Well, but it is a true story, and that is, we I did shove it up my shirt at some point. So, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Alrighty, well, that does it for <laughs> this edition of Renee's Reports. I'll throw it back to you, Carrie. Wow, I just completely, that went off the rails. Well, and then she, oh, she forgot the song, you know? Yeah. It's fine. I think you distracted me by taking a drink. <laughs> Sorry. We're just thrown off because Renee's not here. It's true. It's so true. It's yeah. so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know... Uh, I feel like we need to RIP a, a restaurant, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. It stinks. It really stinks. I, I hate this. I hate it when I hate it when restaurants go out. Um, but you know, I, this one in particular because Sarah and I had been there a couple of times. We had a nice time when we the, every, loved it the there, couple yeah. of times that we got there. I thought their burger. We went there for Burger Week. Mm-hmm. It was good. Um, unfortunately, number one, this building I think is cursed. Yeah, there's lots of cursed buildings. Yes, I'm convinced that the building is cursed. Number two, it's a flipping barn. It's huge. Three floors. That's really big. Mm-hmm. And number three, I think the rent in the space was really, really high. That makes sense. And number four, there was a distinguishable lack of parking on some level. For the kind of traffic that I think that they needed to do to keep the place open. Yes, and we're talking of Tilty Bob's mm-hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. I was only with us for six months. Yeah. Sad day, because I did really like going there. And um, we know that I'm lukewarm about fries. They had the best fries and tots, but I think it's truly because they put like... 17 layers of like grippo seasoning on them i had to find that seasoning i bet you can buy it yeah you can totally buy it um used to be able to buy it kroger but um i'm not sure where you can get it now i bet you can get it on amazon and it is the prime day preview for the holiday season today and tomorrow so maybe we can find it on there um remind me and i'll look for it but yeah sad day um they had so many cool pinball machines and it was cheap pinball like, I just wonder if that was getting to be expensive, too, having to have someone work on the pinball machines all the time. Because I feel like every time we were there, they were always working on at least two or three machines. And I'm sure that upkeep's not cheap. Well, and I think the way that they get those machines is there's companies that rent them to places like that. Um, so, yeah, so you rent them. And I'm sure that that wasn't cheap because they must have had, they must have had 60. Like, total, probably? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the first floor had like two or three, but that was the restaurant. And the second floor had 
a bar and then it had all the cabinets. And then the third floor was only pinball machines. Yeah, they must have had 60 pinball machines in that place. Yeah, they were like crammed in every corner, which is fine by me. And they always had different ones every time we went, which was cool too. Well, and that's the thing too. So I think the I think the way it works is when you rent these companies that specifically rent games to, you know, restaurants and bar type places, that's what you, you can rent them for, for a couple of months and then you can switch them out with, mm-hmm. with other ones or whatever. Yeah. But, so, sad to see that place go. If you still need your pinball fix, there's the Burl Arcade and Arcadium, which I yep. haven't been to in years, oh, but man. we used to go to a lot. I think I, way back in the, day. the last time I was in Arcadium was 2018 or 19. Like, that's how long it's been. It's been, a, I even forgot it was still open, to tell you. I, I, thought, mean, I thought I thought 2020 killed it. I feel like 2015 or 2016 was the last time I was there. Oh, it's wow. been there for quite a while. But, um... Yeah, so support those places since this one went out. But yeah, the bur and the burls, the burls, the burls got yeah. some cool machines, and it's still super popular. But yeah, I I really liked it. You know, they had they had a lot of cool pinball machines. They had a lot of good cool uh uh eight bit machines too. And they had your favorite game. Yes, they had two of my they had two of my favorite games: X Men oh. and uh, Tekken Two. Oh yeah, I love that one a lot. Yes. I used to play that on my um playstation one yeah it just unfortunately i think for for the, the the as big as the space was and where it was located they just weren't doing enough business especially during the week because if you remember that the when we went down there that weekday like it was me you and probably a handful of other people were in there yeah which kind of sucks because it's across the street from a huge student apartment complex so you think they'd get more like students in there playing but Maybe those students are more po than we think they are. Yeah. Well, or they're just not interested in that kind of video entertainment. <laughs> That's true. I mean, pinball machines were big in the seventies and eighties and nineties. Right. I mean, I still love them, but and they've. I think I grew up on them. I think they've made a comeback. Um, they really have, but you know, they're expensive to own. They're expensive to buy. Uh, they are expensive to maintain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately they're gone, but hey, if they could come back in a different place, that'd be cool, but I don't know if they will or not, but sad day. I doubt it. I think there's still one in Louisville, so if you really want to go to one, you can go to Louisville. There you go. But that brings me to this article that I found today that I thought would be kind of an interesting Mm tie-in, and we've talked about this before on previous, previous episodes, episode or episodes. And that is like dishes that we miss or restaurants that we kind of miss. And the Herald Leader actually did an online poll for people to vote on. Mm -hmm. And I was actually able to read the article without paywall. But I was smart, see, because I thought, okay, I clicked on it. I was like, oh, God, okay, it's let me read it. If I bookmark it and try to go back to it during the show, I bet it's going to paywall me. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to copy and paste mm-hmm. into a Word document yes. the parts of the article that I want there you <laughs> to, go. to avoid getting paywalled. So yeah, so the Herald Leader did, a, like I said, they did an online poll. And these are the top 11 results in reverse order of places <clears throat> people want to see open. That's a random number. Back open. By the way. 11. Right, 11. Is this so, one of the honorable mention or something? Some of these, I think all of these but one did I know. Sarah, you may, there's a couple on here that you might not, maybe like three, maybe, okay, we'll that were see. before your time. So, Coach House. I don't remember know Coach? One. It was out on Broadway. No. They had like New Orleans style cuisine, I think. Mm. Uh, Coach House. Deshays. You oh, remember Deshays down yeah. in Victorian Square. Yeah. Billy's Barbecue. Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. And that was down in Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. You know where Joella's is? Mm-hmm. That's where Billy's oh, was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, so they had the fried pickles that were, oh, their, their fried pickles were bomb. Mm-hmm. They were really good. They also had pretty good barbecue, too. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's where the Joella's building, they tore Billy's down. And, I do remember yeah. that now, yes. Cape Cotter. So, this seafood place at the corner of Ashland Avenue and High Street... Apparently, it's one of the most popular in Lexington. It closed in April 1991 after 21 years. So, it was it was here before I came. came. It closed before I got here. Mm-hmm. 
So I never went to it. Yeah, I've never heard of that. But the corner of Ashland and and High Street, you know where that is. Yes, it's currently a, a shopping center with Starbucks well, and a couple of other. So that's that's on one side. On yeah. the other side, I think there's still a house that ha- has a bank or yeah. some kind of brokerage. That's where there the, is a bank there yes. right across from me. Yeah, that's where the restaurant. Was. Oh, okay. Yeah, the USB it, or whatever. Yeah, bank. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it actually, when I was here in the early '90s, it used to be someplace called Jelly Beans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking okay, the other two corners are houses, like yeah. actual houses. So yeah, okay. but Cape Codder, apparently people loved it. Okay. I don't know, never heard of it. Middle Fork Kitchen Bar. Yes, I've heard of it. Never got to go. Although I feel like I had their food truck. So that's a more recent closing. I, I think twenty twenty. That was a yeah. COVID closing. Yeah, it was, and it was down there in uh, distillery, uh, distillery, distillery district. district. Yeah, what right was, by yeah. Ethereal. What was their truck? It wasn't called Middle Fork, but it was something about forks. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Chop House, which I you, loved you the love the Chop House. It is now a Roosters. Mm-hmm. Stanley J's Deli, which I believe was down on Clay's Mill. I never went to it. Uh, people, I think, really liked their potato salad and their deli sandwiches. Hmm. So, Atomic Cafe. Yeah, oh, I loved Atomic Cafe. I was really sad to see that close. Yeah, that's that was down on the corner of... Um, Oh, it's right by Transy. <laughs> yes. Um, Short and... Uh, no, it was further no. up. It was on Lime it's near 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 East 3rd Street. It's near across Thir- the street from Doodle. It's near 3rd Street stuff, I thought. It's very... Yes. It's next to 3rd Street stuff mm-hmm. and right on Vandy. Or right on Vandy. Transy's yeah. campus. And it tried to be something else, like a bone... A grillfish or something after yes. it closed. It was Atomic Cafe and that mm-hmm. went out too. It, honestly, what it needs to turn into is like a convenience store or a grocery store. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Park at Drive-In, yeah. which just closed. I, I know, was just had it for the first time during the pandemic. Kind of surprised that it made the list because it just closed. Yeah. But people loved it, man. I guess. Well, not enough people did. <laughs> Clearly not. Right. Saratoga. Saratoga was... Um, on Euclid and East High and Chevy Chase. So, you know where Tomo is? Mm-hmm. Or, or the Japanese restaurant that was Tomo in that that little sh- that little area right there. And now that, that place is a um, a real estate brokerage. Uh-huh. Killer used, used to be in there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. People loved that place. It closed in 1995. Finally, and this is my, this I wish, man, I wish this, this restaurant would come back so bad. For one night only, oh, I would go, I would go to a pop-up. Ed and Fred's Desert Moon. This was the number one vote getter among our readers. Oh, wow. Ed and Fred's Desert Moon was ahead of its time, serving eclectic food amidst funky art and fun atmosphere. Hmm. First on Main Street in 1992 and then on Grand Boulevard, which is, do you know where Old Vine Street is? Mm-hmm. Dump in there. Okay. It closed at the end of 2003, and owners Doug and Judy Effort moved to North Carolina, where they opened another successful restaurant, but fans of Ed and Fred's are still hungry for dishes like lime, chili, pesto, linguine. (laughs) That was your favorite. Yes, it was. I loved it so much. (laughs) Man, this makes me really want Atomic Cafe. Um, We went there some in college, but really, it was probably... The first place I went to, like, outside of coming to Lexington with my parents, um, there was, when, like, the summer I graduated from high school, there was a whole bunch of us in our, like, church youth group that were graduating from high school, and um, we all came together to Lexington, because we were all going to either UK or Transy, and we wanted to, like, get a lay of the land, so we all came together with our youth group sponsor or whatever, and uh, that's where they took us was Atomic Cafe. So I always have a good memory of that. And um, and it was also just really good food, like Caribbean food. Mm-hmm. And they had like the best chicken pot pie, oddly enough. They had a great patio too. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So that yeah. makes me sad. So, so there's 11 restaurants that are no longer here with us. Well, wow. I guess 12 now with uh, Tilty Bob's. But uh, yeah, that people want brought back. Yeah, I mean, I I can get down with all those. I really wanted to try Cape Codder. That sounds like a cool place. It does. I'm telling you, that Jelly Beans place was kind of like a Applebee's mm-hmm. a little bit. I went there a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It didn't last very long. Yeah. And then, I, like jelly then I feel like it. then that's when it turned into a bank, and it oh, kind of okay. always has been. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that was a downer segment, but I guess we can bring it back up with America's second favorite segment. Everybody wants to try some food. 
Well, it wasn't right. bad. It yeah. was all right. It was okay. all right. Sorry yeah. I didn't give you more of a heads up. That's fine. Um, so we have some things to try. Something a little sweet. Something a little savory. I tried them both already. Um, so this interesting thing I found at the store. Um, this is Cheetos Mexican uh, street corn. So it says that they're tangy, spicy, and cheesy. So what do you think of these? I like them. I do too. I've been eating them this whole time. Yeah, they're 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 pretty good. Now don't go in expecting like a Cheeto. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But it's it delivers what it promises on the bag. It's got it's corn. It's got a little bit of a hint of lime, some cheese. I would say that's tangy, spicy, and cheesy. I think the one thing that makes it a Cheeto is the shape. Yeah. The fact that Chester Cheetah is on the bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that it's corn. <laughs> they really. Kind of remind me of potato chips, honestly. Like, the taste with some, like, seasonings and stuff on them. Like, they don't have that obvious, like, bright orange cheddar cheese that regular Cheetos I have guess on them. That, that's, I guess that's what I meant, was don't <laughs> go in expecting that kind of that kind of Cheeto. But I think worth it if you see them out. Pretty yeah, good. They are really good. I uh, got them at Kroger, just in case anybody's wanting to know. All right. Everyone gets them. And then these others. Yes, Heather, um, Heather, our um, friend of the show and uh, BABO co-host podcast member, mm-hmm. donated these. And these are the Oreo Brookie flavor. Brookio flavors. They're back. Brownie apparently. original and cookie dough. Triple layered cream. Limited edition. They're pretty good. Yeah, I already had one of those. I'm not going to lie to you, I've been eating on them. <laughs> I was going to say, the package was uh, bordering on empty when I got it here. That's okay. They're, They're good. They're good to be eaten. They're uh, thick boys. That's for sure. Thick ass boys. But yeah, they're good. Um, I like the um, the actual brownie part of it pretty good. Um, I like that it comes in three different layers. Yeah, recommend. Yeah, pretty good if you can find them anywhere. For sure. I feel like I'm gonna. Thanks, Heather. Yeah, thanks, Heather. And Heather is going to be on the show. I promise. She was actually gonna be on the show tonight. Um, to take, you know, to, to fill in for Renee, but she had tickets to the concert for Eastern Kentucky Oh yeah, with Tyler Childers and, um, and, uh, Dwight Yoakam, Dwight Yoakam and Chris Stapleton. Thank you. Yes. Man, I thought about getting those tickets because that's probably a dope show, but I just assumed it would be like impossible to get them. So I didn't even try. Um, but I mean, I would like to see Tyler Childers. It's nearly impossible to get a ticket to that. Uh, it might be fun to see Dwight Yoakam. I like some Dwight Yoakam. Mm-hmm. And Chris Stapleton oh, I've already seen, yeah. and he was great. It's going to be a great show. So, unfor- unfortunately for us, she is doing that. But fortunately for her, she's doing that, which is super cool. Yeah, for sure. And maybe once she comes on, she can tell us about it. For sure. Alrighty. Well, these were some good selections for everybody tries. Another good round. So, um, let's go ahead and move on to our uh, newest segment, our hinky history lesson. So we've each got a, a history lesson this time. So, yeah, because I figured it was supposed to come back around to me, but I thought, you know what? Since Renee's not here, let's just double dip on this. Sure, why not? I'll let you go ahead and go first. Okay, all right. So I'm going to give you the history of possibly one of the dumbest food inventions ever to be invented in the history of man. (laughs) It's stupid, and I don't know why it still exists. Okay. And that's the wedge salad. Oh, all right. (laughs) The wedge salad has to be the singularly dumbest food ever invented by man. It is weird. Why is it just a big hunk of lettuce? Exactly. It's a giant hunk of iceberg lettuce that you have to deconstruct yourself. Yeah. I want, if I order a salad, I want a salad that's already pre-cut. I don't yeah, want to have to do the work. Exactly. Took the words out of my mouth. So I was looking around. Actually, didn't find this article on Wikipedia. Found a better article. And this is from HitchcockFarms.com. Okay. A wedge salad history, delicious facts about lettuce. So they kind of start out talking about lettuce and how lettuce has been around forever and ever and ever. Um and apparently transportation changed the name uh, with the railroad industry. Uh, 
By the 1920s, crisp head lettuce could be packed under mounds of ice and moved long distances without losing freshness, renaming it iceberg lettuce. So there you go. There's, okay. there's a little fact for you. One recipe changed the game. Mm. Yeah, apparently it did. Okay. No one can document exactly how or where the original wedge salad first graced the dining table because it's so stupid nobody wants to take credit <laughs> for it. Now, I'm injecting that. They did not write that in this article. Okay. Footnote. <laughs> okay. Food historians do agree on this general timeline. 1916. Marion Harris Neal's cookbook, Salads, Sandwiches, and Chafing Dish Recipes, offered the first printed version of a recipe for iceberg wedge salad. Okay. 1920s. The wedge salad debuted in many restaurants, but no chef claimed it as his or her original. Mm-hmm. 1950s. Blue cheese crumbles and bacon bits topped the stylish traditional wedges we still enjoy today. Well, some of you. <laughs> 1970s. After a decline in popularity, the wedge salad found a new home in steakhouse chains from coast to coast. 2000s. The development of new iceberg lettuce varieties, including iceberg babies, which I've never heard of. Iceberg babies. <laughs> we make our wedge come true. Helps maintain the wedge salad's renaissance as both a side and an entree. Steakhouses still embrace wedge salads. The 1970s steakhouse romance with romance with wedges continues today for good reason. Uh, I don't know that there is a good reason, but mm-hmm. okay. It's still a favorite with dining room guests. The classic wedge salad with blue cheese won't ever lose its crunchy, flavorful appeal. Most steakhouse chains put a signature touch on their wedge salads. Sullivan's tops its salad with a splash of red wine vinegar. <laughs> a sweet balsamic glaze sets Outback's wedge salad apart from wow. the competition. Perry's elevates the simple salad into a culinary work of art. It's a dramatic blend of fine dining and wedge salads that's also very photogenic. That's a big plus for salad sharing on social media. But I still gotta deconstruct it. Yeah, I don't want to have to cut my salad. Even dining etiquette guidelines acknowledge the stature of today's wedge. If you're not sure about how to eat a wedge salad without turning it into a chopped salad, the process is simple. Throw it in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) Again, editorializing. Yes, editorializing. Yes, you do need both a knife and fork, which is why the wedge salad is so dumb. Begin by securing the wedge center with your fork. Slice a bite-sized piece from the tip nearest you. Swish the bite in dressing. Dab in toppings and enjoy. So what you're saying is you should just, uh, it's just the tip that's the best part. I guess so. Yeah. When dining etiquette recognizes the stature of a dish, you know it's destined to stay on the menu. The, sens- the sensational wedge salad earns its place at our tables with striking presentation and sophisticated taste. That's enough to secure its place in food history for a very long time to come. I appreciate HitchcockFarms.com's uh, article because this actually was a really good article but the wedge salad is so stupid what if someone opened a restaurant and they only served different varieties of wedge salads well they're not getting my business <laughs> how quickly would that close you know actually it probably would thrive yeah it's the main dish and then you can get like appetizer portions of steak or chicken like it just completely turns the restaurant industry on its head they won't know what to think. I'm going to open it. They, they go for it because you, you, you will never see a dime of my money. Well, that's fine because, <laughs> you know, other people won't want it. Um, I feel like I don't like a wedge salad because I use a blue cheese dressing traditionally. I don't like blue cheese dressing. Okay. See, I like blue cheese. I just don't want to have to sit there and saw my salad in half. Yeah, that's inconvenient too. Uh, blue cheese on certain things is fine, but just blue cheese dressing? No, that's gross. You know what's not gross? Mm. My history Okay. Uh, You had uh, the most savory of things, and I have one of the sweeter. Oh, I like it. I like it. I was inspired by Halloween candy, and we've been um, giving out Halloween candy to all of our employees at work in the past few weeks, because they've had a rough few weeks, a lot of this stuff's happening. Um, So that's just a little token of appreciation, and what I saw in the box yesterday, or in the bucket yesterday... We're Kit Kats. Ooh, I love so me a now, Kit Kat. Now we're going to talk about the history of Kit Kats. 
So, um, in case you didn't know, which who doesn't, um, a Kit Kat is a chocolate-covered wafer bar confection. It was originally created by Round Trees of York in the United Kingdom and is now globally produced by Nestle, except for in the U.S. and in Puerto Rico, where it's produced by Hershey. <coughs> Excuse me. So, the standard bars consist of two or four pieces composed of three layers of wafers separated and covered by an outer layer of chocolate. And this mostly comes from Wikipedia, but I used two other articles as well. They're at the end. Um, each finger can be snapped from the bar separately, or you can eat them all at the same time like a monster. You know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> same people who wedge, wedge salads eat Kit Kats that way. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my friend Melissa does both these things, so she's a monster. Um, Hi, Melissa. <laughs> the original four-finger version of the bar was developed after a worker at Round Tree's York factory put a suggestion in the recommendation box for a chocolate bar that a man could take to work in his pack-up. It was launched in September 1935 in the UK as Roundtree's Chocolate Crisp, and later the two-finger version was launched in 1936. It was renamed Kit Kat Chocolate Crisp in 1937 and just Kit Kat after World War II. So there's two different um, slogans depending on where you live. Um, In the UK and other parts of Europe, it's have a break, have a Kit Kat. And then in the US, it's the give me a break, give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. You got to get really low at you the do. end. Yeah. I won't be doing that, but <laughs> others can. So where does the name Kit Kat come from? There are many theories, according to an article from the website Taste of Home. Some claim the treat is named after a club in England called the Kit Kat, spelled K-I-T-C-A-T, where Sir Godfrey Neller's paintings of club members hung in the late 1600s and early 1700s. This club had low ceilings, so it could only accommodate paintings of a specific size, historically referred to as Kit Kat size. The term Kit Kat, or Kit Kat with a K, was used elsewhere in the 17th and 18th century. It was also the name of a magazine in Pennsylvania, published by the Keaton Brothers. The print was a weekly magazine for the home and sold subscriptions for 50 cents. Other Kit Kat fans speculate that the name is an acronym for Keep in Touch Kappa Alpha Theta, the wife of the Kit Kat inventor Joseph Roundtree was a member of the Kappa, Theta, Kappa Alpha Theta sorority, according to Mental Floss. And according to Nestle, the company that produces our beloved Kit Kat bars, a confectioner named Joseph Roundtree officially coined the name and started selling the treat in 1935. However, Nestle also says that the name first appeared on a boxed assortment of chocolates that Roundtree's made during the 1920s. The name officially came from a 19... Er, the name officially came from the 18th century Whig Literary Club, titled after a man named Christopher Catling, or Kit Kat for short. Sounds like that might be the real origin of the Kit Kat name. It's very sophisticated candy bar. Very. It's <laughs> part of the Whig party. <laughs> Wasn't um, George Washington part of the Whig party? And you're asking me history questions on the spot that I'm not going to remember. That's true. This is American history. I know you're a Russian history person. I mean, I know American history, but um, he may have been. I'd have to look it up, to be Uh, honest Somebody was. Sorry. Um, As we all probably know by now, there are several different flavors of Kit Kat bars. In Japan, Nestle has produced over 300 different flavors since the year 2000, including ginger ale, soy sauce, creme brulee, green tea, sake, and banana. The flavors are designed to appeal to younger buyers and are often bought as good luck gifts, as the brand name echoes the Japanese phrase Kitu Katsu, roughly translating as surely win. Kit Kat Orange was first was the first flavor variant introduced in the UK in nineteen ninety six and in nineteen ninety eight in Ireland. It was followed in nineteen ninety seven by Kit Kat Dark and Kit Kat Mint. All three were available as permanent editions of the two-finger multi-pack in the UK, along with the original Kit Kat, the Kit Kat White, and from 2012, the Kit Kat Cookies and Cream. So Kit Kat introduced two new flavors to the United States in 2020, Lemon Crisp and Raspberry Cream. I think we've had both of them at some point on the show. Maybe. I believe so. I, I remember having the Lemon Crisp. Yes, me too. In, also in 2020, Nestle launched a new flavor, uh, Scotch Whiskey Kit Kats, available only in Japan using chocolate aged for six months in whiskey barrels in Scotland. Oh, come on, Nate. I need, <laughs> I need you to hook me up. Right? Um, so current flavors as of uh, an article I found on WideOpenNews.com from January 2022 for the U.S., um, the flavors are strawberry and dark chocolate, hazelnut, key lime pie, mocha and chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate, milk chocolate, birthday cake, apple pie, 
mint and dark chocolate, fruity cereal, lemon crisp, sweet cinnamon, pumpkin pie, orange flavored white crew, which is orange flavored white cream, which is brew and raspberry cream. And then some of the current Japanese flavors. Uh, if I already said them before, I'm sorry. I just copied and pasted this, so, you know, it's whatever. Um, sweet potato, matcha green tea, strawberry cheesecake, party ice cream. Not just regular ice cream, party ice cream. Rum raisin, wasabi, custard pudding, blueberry cheesecake, cherry blossom, cranberry and almond, and sakura mocha. So, you know. Okay. That's, um, I think my two flavors, my two go-to flavors are still original and dark chocolate. Because I'm a fan of dark chocolate. It's anything. But yeah, hook me up with an original Kit Kat, and it's it's that's probably one of my favorite candy bars. Yeah, I like a Kit Kat uh, really well. I really like the matcha ones um, personally, and the regular ones. Um, yeah, I don't stray too far off the original with those, but I mean, they're still pretty good. But it's interesting to hear that the name is, comes from possibly a sophisticated place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. All right. Well, double the history, double the fun there. Good deal. Yeah. Alrighty. So that's pretty much rounding out all the stuff we got here today. Um, we can talk about what we're drinking real quick and what what Scott thinks you're drinking. So go okay. ahead and say now, what you're drinking. So for so first, say what Scott thinks we're drinking or um, I'm drinking. Scott thinks you're going to have either a pumpkin tea type drink or a strawberry or a grape. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's the Mandarin Orange today, but uh. there's there's a bit of a story behind what what Sarah and I are, are drinking anyway. Uh, you know, good, Scott, good guess, Scott. A, a pumpkin thing crossed my mind today, but I'm telling you, y'all, when I'm in the house, I'm in the house, and I'm just like the thought of having to would, put would you on. Say you're bored in the house, and you're in the house bored. Uh, pretty much, okay. yeah. But the thought of having to put on like real pants and leave to go get something just nah nah (laughs) it's not gonna happen so scott you're close a pumpkin flavored thing just because crossed my mind today but no it's it's the mandarin orange so sarah sarah what are you drinking i have a wild cherry fizzy water because i forgot to get a drink and then on my way here there was so much traffic i didn't have time yeah so i had it all set up in my mind we we had these john had bought these these voodoo mountain dews or whatever last year and i had last year yes one too. You, you did so i was interested to see what they tasted like still. right well <laughs> they sat in the fridge since last year and so Sarah texted me and she's like, I don't have, I forgot my drink. I don't, I, I don't have time to stop. Can, can I just, you know, do you have something? And I'm like, yeah. And I got a good idea because I had two of them. So I thought, oh, we could both drink them and then see what we thought about them. So we opened them. <laughs> Luckily we did this, although it could have been funny. Um, we opened them before we started recording. And when I opened mine, I was like, oh, that's not good. Cause there was no fizz sound yeah. at all. There was no Mm-hmm. you know like you get with anything that's carbonated and so i took a drink of mine and it was nothing but pure flat sugar mm-hmm. and so i told i said sarah i said oh open yours and because i thought maybe one of them might still have some fizz mm, no it didn't and it didn't it was it didn't even really taste like much of anything just kind of sugary something but yeah wasn't for me. I remember liking it much more last year when it was fresh. <laughs> freshly squeezed from the voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Freshly squeezed from the voodoo doll, maybe. I don't uh, know. Yeah. It, it just, it didn't hold up. <laughs> Let's just say that. And I literally, I had to, I had that this mandarin orange was the best thing I ever tasted just to, <laughs> just to get that because it was, it was just this, yeah, just this, sh- this sugar water. It was, yeah. Ugh. That wouldn't have complimented these Cheetos very well. I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think so yeah. either. So, unfortunately, it lost its mojo. Yeah, that's all right, though. We all do from time to time. Someone had to drain port. Yeah, RIP those Mountain Dews. All righty. Well, good good show. Good show. We, we made it through. We did. Unscathed. Yeah. For the most part. Absolutely. And uh, if you want to hear more of us making it through um you can find our uh you can find us on twitter and instagram at hungry and ky you can email us hungry at gmail.com um you can find our podcast wherever it is that you find your podcasts and then if you're um feeling like following the blog um we post there every now and then uh, sometimes we get a wild hair and do something uh, you can find that on facebook and instagram at bluegrass bourbon and eats 
You can follow us on Twitter at BB and Eats, and you can visit our website and see our old articles at bbandeats.com. Where do we find you at, Carrie? We're like the Laverne and Shirley of podcasting. We're gonna <laughs> make it after all. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and we'll do it our way. Yes. <laughs> I love that show. Ooh, that's what we need to try. Milk and Pepsi. Because remember Laverne always used to drink milk and Pepsi? No? You got nothing? We're going to try you it. You know that well, I've never watched Laverne and Shirley. You can, I know of it, but... You can drink milk, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know okay. if people got allergies to milk. I, I, I used to have an allergy to milk. But better, better to ask now. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to do a Laverne and Shirley <laughs> milk Pepsi drinking thing. Anyways, okay. you can find Girls Beer Sports at grls beer sports on twitter you can find us uh on apple podcasts uh we're on facebook we're on instagram we are everywhere good podcasts are free well thanks again for listening to hungry in kentucky and as always stay hungry kentucky